You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Well, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned because apparently the uh, Capitol, what are they calling it now? CHOP. Uh, the Capitol Hill uh, uh, organized protest, okay, that formerly Chaz, they can't even decide what mm-hmm. name they've got. Apparently, there was a shooting in there, but I wanted to talk here a second on uh, on Andy No. Okay, Andy No is, do, do you remember a couple of years ago, he was the guy that got, or actually it was last year, it was, it was last year. Mm-hmm. Do you remember mm-hmm. last year when he got beat up at the Antifa rally in Portland? Yeah, I do. He was uh, got a concussion and everything. Yeah. 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 I got taken to the hospital mm-hmm. with a brain bleed and the police wouldn't help him and the paramedics mm-hmm. wouldn't help him. They told him to walk back through the, the goons that, that beat him up in order to get some medical attention. Terrible. Terrible mm-hmm. what happened to that guy. But nonetheless, I mean, that's when we really heard about that guy. That's when I first started to understand who he was. And he's not on the right or the left. Andy No is is kind of right down the middle and he he jumps both sides. That's why I like his work. And he's been covering this uh, this Antifa movement quite extensively, more so than anyone else. And news outlets will have him on because of the journalism that he actually does. I mean, it's his own work. He goes in and he does it himself. And so he spent five days inside this place. Okay, and he gave an exclusive to The New York Post. And I want to talk about it to give people an idea of what's actually going on in there, because this is shocking. This is this is absolutely shocking what's going on in there. And the media will not report on this. They, They will not report on this. I think it's good to sit here and go over some of this stuff. So Chaz, which was the six to eight city block that was taken over in downtown Seattle has been renamed to CHOP, <laughs> which, okay. I'm assuming they picked that name because they, they wanted to make reference to the French Revolution. Isn't that how it started? But then they decided to change it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Well, and it's, they're they're also saying they didn't want it to be uh, the autonomous, uh, autonomous zone because uh, that means they won't have any trade or interaction with the U.S. So they were kind of like, uh-huh. yeah, maybe we should step back on that. And because okay. they weren't autonomous yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they claim that they've already seceded from the U.S. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, idiots, complete idiots. Anyway. OK, so on June 8th, which was about 12, 13 days ago now, about a couple of weeks now, they, they loaded what they could at the Seattle Police Department uh, and they threw everything at, that they had into like cars and trucks. Basically, the, the Seattle mayor wasn't helping them at all, uh, ordered the chief of police to have her officers at that precinct pull out. So they did. So uh, they boarded up the place. They abandoned the the, the station. And then that night, uh, BLM and Antifa moved in and they decided they were going to set up. They set up barricades immediately and stuff, right? I mean, that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, immediately. They named their territory the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or CHAZ, right? No laws or rules applied here except for one. No cops allowed. However, immediately, what did they do? They created armed thugs to police the area to keep people safe is what they said. So mm-hmm. you you don't like cops 
and you say that you don't have any cops that are allowed, yet you create cops. That's the first thing you do. So, yeah, you're making sense. Like I said, Andy, no, he spent five days. He spent five days in here. And he says during the I'm just going to go down this. Right. He says uh, during the five undercover days and nights in the zone, I witnessed a continuing experiment in anarchy, chaos and brute force criminality in order to avoid being exposed as a journalist, which he's very well known. Several reporters Mm -hmm. have been barred or expelled because they'll actually show what's going on in there. Uh, He said that he slept and he showered outside of the zone because apparently you can walk in and out. Right. Isn't that I mean, there's there's a so-called quote. I'm doing the air quote thing. Border there. Are they checking passports or how's this work? No, no, there's no they're not checking any IDs or anything. You just walk in more or less during the day. They want it to seem like a nice place to visit, you know, what have you. But at night, that's when things go nuts, as we're about to find out. Those inside, listen to this, have no showers, but they do have portable bathrooms. He took meals and his water breaks elsewhere, probably because people would steal his food Mm -hmm. because he was reluctant to remove his mask. That too, at risk of being recognized. If they saw who he was, he's very well known to that community. If they saw who he was, they would, yeah, they, they, they would probably beat the hell out of him and toss him back out. Mm-hmm. So he says, every day that I entered the zone twice through semi-porous borders, once in the early afternoon and again after sundown and staying until the middle of the night, crime has surged inside and outside the zone, as we're about to see. So now uh, we found out just now, just, just now, right? This article posted 15 minutes ago, just now, one person is dead and one's injured from a shooting inside there. This happened early this morning. Uh, It was around 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m. local time. A shooting in the park inside of the zone killed a 19-year-old man and critically injured another person, authorities say. The officers that responded to the shooting initially had trouble getting into the scene because they said they were met by a violent crowd that prevented officers safe access to the victims. So, the, okay, you you create police, you create these little like tents that offer free medical care, but yet when you have inept fools that carry guns and don't know how to use them, what what exactly are you trying to prove here? One person's dead, another's injured. Cops made it into the zone to gather the shell casings and the evidence, and police at riot gear just kind of stood there at the quote so-called border. On Thursday, police arrested uh, Robert James after he left Chaz. He is accused of sexually assaulting a deaf woman who was lured inside of a tent. That same day, former city council candidate, oh my God, the city council candidate, former city council candidate Isaiah Willoughby was arrested on suspicion of starting the arson attack on the East Precinct on June 8th. A former city council candidate? They have anarchists that are running the city? Oh, no, I never would have guessed that, would you? I never would have guessed. No, no. Of course not. Police Chief Carmen Best has stated that the police response times to 911 calls in the surrounding area have more than tripled because they're down a station in the area. Emergency calls, which often means somebody's being assaulted. Sometimes it's a rape. Sometimes it's a robbery. But something bad is happening. And if it's a top priority call, we're not able to get there. So these Chaz occupants are ranging from several hundred to 10,000, depending on the day. Uh, and many openly armed. Openly armed. Thought you were against guns. Mm-hmm. Aren't they supposed to be anti-gun and, and you know anti-violence and all that stuff? Openly armed people control all of the Capitol Hill neighborhood near downtown. The neighborhood is still the heart of Seattle's gay and counterculture district and is densely filled with businesses and apartment buildings. Chaz now claims all of it. Before the takeover, violent clashes between rioters and police defending the East Precinct resulted in dozens of officers injured by rocks and other projectiles. Protesters and rioters complained of police brutality 
leading Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin and Chief Best to ban cops from using tear gas, pepper spray and flashbangs for 30 days. So what are they supposed to do? Just sit there and take it? I, I fail to I see mean, the logic it, in any it, of this. It, it, if they are banning that, what the only other option they have is live rounds. Well, yeah, but they can't do that. No, they can't. But that, that's my point is like you're you're completely disarming, uh, basically like declawing the police. Right. They're not able to do anything to try to, to, to deter this. They, they mm-hmm. want this. Mm-hmm. They want Th- the riots is, and everything. Yeah. This, this is the point I was trying to make. The police have been told not to do their jobs. It's not the cops fault. Right. You can sit there and blame the police all day long, but it's not their fault. It's the people in the administration offices. It's the mayors. It's the governors. You want to lay blame somewhere? There you go. And former city council candidates, by the way, you know, you see the kind of people you vote for. So now these things are starting to pop up everywhere else. Right. So Chaz is having reverberating effects elsewhere in the early hours of Thursday morning. Antifa and other left wing protesters established an autonomous zone in downtown Portland, Oregon. Could have figured. Didn't see that one coming. They stole city and business property to build a wall. Hold on a minute. These people are against walls, right? Isn't that what they were chanting a couple of years ago? No borders, no walls, no USA at all. Do you remember that? You remember mm-hmm. that chant? Mm-hmm. They were marching down the streets yeah. in protests saying that. And yet the first thing mm-hmm. they do is establish a police department and build walls. So, okay. All right. Whatever. Yeah, again, you people make no sense. Uh, at least one protester was seen carrying a rifle. The area was later cleared by police, but far left activists are determined to try again. Protesters in Nashville and other cities have attempted to recreate their own autonomous zones modeled after Chaz, but have so far been stopped by law enforcement. They should be. I, I want to yep. see I, I want to see water cannons in there blasting the streets. Right. I, I want to mm-hmm. see I want to see people being thrown back and I want to see the trash that they're building up to try and wall the cities off with from public property, by the way. I mean, if it was private property, OK, you could you could go through a whole thing there. But this is public property. Right. You can't just do that. That's illegal. I don't give a damn what the mayor says. I don't give a damn what the governor says. Ignore them if that's the case, if that's what you're going to do. I mean, what's, is it is it such a hard concept at this point for people to understand that the people that are at the top enabling the groups at the bottom have to be ignored? Do, do people not get that yet? I mean, that that's what's going to have to happen. It's going to be the same way with this COVID stuff when they're going to come back at it again with this. Ignore these people. Live your life. Don't listen to them. Hmm. But the argument is you're, you just want people to die. So I don't care what the argument is. L- yeah, I, they, they I can say whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. The fact is, you and I had this conversation before. They're in the minority. Mm -hmm. They are in the minority. Mm -hmm. They are not the majority. They want you to think that they're the majority, but they are not. They might have some lemmings and some celebrities and all these idiots come out there. Those people don't believe that stuff. Understand that. Those people do not believe what they are saying. They have been threatened to have their careers and their lives and their fortunes ruined. That's why they're going after those people. And so they'll take whatever stance they want because they think the mob will leave them alone. Well, they will for a time. But when there's no one else left to burn down, where do you think they're going to go? So stupid. So go, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. What were you saying about public health? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just an uncaring brute. <laughs> You're fine. No, honestly, if people are, if they even think that it's a risk that they're going to contaminate someone else and potentially kill them, right, because of their actions. I mean, Americans typically are going to mitigate their actions to try to save other people. Like that's that's kind of a, you know, basic thing of society. So uh, if they continue to push the narrative and people believe it even even slightly, then, yeah, you'll you'll have that. And then you'll have those that are mocking or not really mocking, but more or less like 
harassing people that aren't wearing masks, for example. And uh, then you get situations like you see in New York where they ran the one woman out for not wearing a mask. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, okay. Peer pressure. The, the fact is, yeah, I get what you're saying, but the fact is, is like people are going to have to stand up to this. If people want this to go away, you have to stand up to it. That's all there is to it. I don't know of any other way to put it. I, I don't know of, of a way that you can just say, if you, I'll tell you what, I, I will put it this way. If you're expecting your governor or your representatives or, or somebody to stand up to this mob, it's not going to happen. I can already tell you that right now. It's not going to happen. It's going to have to be we, the people that stand up to that mob and say, you're all full of it. I don't give a damn what you say. You can all go to hell and go on about your life. We don't have time for this nonsense, right? We got businesses to run. We got places to go. We got people to see. We got communities to rebuild. We don't have time for this, for this sick little game that they're playing. We don't have time for this. So they can move on. They can go somewhere else and play their little games and do whatever it is they're going to do. But some of us in this world have brains and we've moved beyond this. Part of the point I was I was getting at, though, is this is uh, I'm, I'm making it clear that these things are going to happen. This will happen as far as the peer pressure and everything. So if you're going to make that stance, understand that it's not going to be an easy stance. It's not going to be like, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, even we're, we're seeing it with other uh, states that were originally taking a stance and just being like, yeah, make your own decisions. You know, you're free thinking people, blah, blah, blah. Now we're seeing that that that's actually changing. And like if you're not mandating people wear masks in your business, uh, you can be fined. That's a good point to segue into Abbott if we want to go that direction. If not. Yes, I'll tell you what. Let's. Um, OK, so here, here's the thing. So what, what's going on in Chaz? We'll just round off with that. What's going on in Chaz? It, it's just a mess. It, it's a mess. You can say leave it alone, but how much longer are you going to let this continue? I mean, we're talking it's not a simple matter of letting these these adult children act out and do whatever it is they're going to do. Now they're getting people killed. That's mm-hmm. where we're at with it. Now now people are getting killed. They're getting assaulted. They're getting sexually assaulted. It's time for that stuff to shut down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I go agree. in there. No. Go in yeah. there. Tear gas, rubber bullets, force. water cannons, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to show a strong show of force on this because we can't have other cities doing the same thing, right? We can't Which have these other- they're trying to do. They're trying to do. Right. So we, we need to make it a clear message that this is not okay. This is not how you act as Americans. Well, Bruce, you're missing the bigger picture here. They're not Americans, right? I made that clear the other day on the socialist doublespeak. Socialists are not Americans, are they? they no, uh, true. And we, we're also learning that some of the Antifa groups and whatnot are out of country. Yes, that is true. Okay, let's jump over to Governor Greg Abbott. Uh, what's going on down there? I understand there's a there's a thing now about some podcasters and something had gone wrong because someone made a joke somewhere and now it's all out of context and people are under fire. What, what's going on? So there were podcasters that were affiliated with uh, Empower Texans. They've been removed from their position now. Cheshire and McDonald are their last name. Last names. Basically, to put it in a nutshell, they made a joke, a quote unquote off comment about Abbott being in a wheelchair. And the media is painting it as if they made an intentional joke of mocking Abbott for being in a wheelchair. When in reality, when you look at the wordage and how it was worded, it's it's a little okay. The quote is I said Abbott wheeled himself out of there or out there, right? So he and then uh Mc, McDonald responds, I'm okay with it. And then Cheshire continued. And then within seconds, you demanded that he stand firm. It's wordplay. They were joking about the way things were phrased in a sentence. 
ironically. So uh, clearly it was a joke. I, I don't see it. Clearly it was a joke. Clearly it was a joke. And then they're they're also they're also saying that this recording was hate filled and blah 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 because they were taking a stance against Abbott. And honestly, when you go and listen to the recording, they do use expletives and which is normal speak today. I don't know if people realize that. That's how people talk to other people nowadays. They they, they use quote unquote foul language, but. Uh, that aside, the things they were talking about were more or less policies. And the part of the conversation they were having, which wasn't to be aired, by the way, that was a private conversation. They were basically saying they didn't like the fact that Abbott was taking a stance against jailing or fining com- businesses for not you know, abiding by the, the COVID uh, regulations, right? Or recommendations. And he's changed his stance now. Now he's saying to find businesses if you're not mandating masks be worn. So they were expressing their frustration in the in the in there. The part of it that I don't think was a good idea is saying they hate the guy, right? We we shouldn't hate people when we're discussing ideas. That's not wisdom or stick to the ideas. You know, Abbott, I don't know him as a person. I disagree with this, you know, finding businesses for not following recommendations. I disagree with that. And I can agree with some of the points they were making. I, I don't know. It's just it. Nothing was wrong with it. It's just there are things that I wouldn't say because of the climate we're in. But really, when you look at it, if this happened 20 years ago, nobody would have thought anything of it. Actually, I think if it would have happened five, 10 years ago, nobody would have thought anything of it. Maybe 10. Yeah, maybe 10. This whole nonsense, this whole nonsense about this, this mask wearing stuff. These are just recommendations by the CDC. These are not requirements. Yep. And so the the fact that you're telling businesses to require, yeah, you're you're making businesses say that they should do this or they're going to be fine. That's a recommendation. That's the business's choice. If a business decides, mm-hmm. hey, well, this is what we're going to do. Well, you know, I'm sorry, that's the business's choice. But that's not the government's place to do that, especially especially when the government organization here, the CDC, was wrong. They were wrong. Yeah. Okay, that's paramount here is to understand that they were wrong and they still are wrong. The second thing to consider here is the fact that there is not a single published peer reviewed paper out there that proves that masks are effective, not one. So why are we continuing to entertain this idea? I'll tell you why, because it's about control. It's about subjugation. That's what they want. On top of that, they want to give cover to the mobs in the streets. Let me, let me explain. You say, well, what has that got to do with anything? It's got everything to do with it because it allows the mobs in the streets to riot, loot, and burn and keep their faces covered so they're not identified for later crimes. That's why. So if you have everyone doing it, well, then it's a lot easier, isn't it? So that's the sign, if you will, right? You know, the, uh, the old adage, you know, here's your sign. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's right. the sign. That's the signal from the, from the people, the infiltrators at the top, sending the message to the mobs at the bottom. Again, top down, bottom up, squeeze society. It's pressure that they're applying. They have to take actions at the top to keep the fire fueled at the bottom for the mobs. One doesn't work without the other, not in this case. So, they have to do the mask thing has to be there. It's got nothing to do with the pandemic. They know it. They know it. But it's about control. It's about subjugation. That's where they're at with it. If a business requires it, if a business owner says, well, this is what we're going to do, which I don't think even businesses have been given liability protection, correct? They haven't. Not yet. No. Or if okay. that's I know Trump's been trying to do that, but yeah, it hasn't yet. Okay. 
if businesses get liability protection, you'll probably see that mask thing go away. That'll probably go away. Yeah. And this nonsense about what Gavin Newsom did out in California about you have to wear a mask even outside. Are you serious? Are you serious? I don't I don't care what any of these things say about, oh, we've got spikes in cases. OK, well, if you've got spikes in cases, who'd you have out there a couple of weeks ago burning cities down, saying that it was a wonderful thing? Uh, if a business wants to do it, that's that's their business. Uh, that That's that's their call. That's just the way that it is. But this nonsense about wearing this stuff out, if you step outside of your house, that's that's just stupid. That's stupid. Anyway, a Sacramento sheriff and other capital agencies are saying that they will not enforce this mask order from California Governor Gavin Newsom. Now, this is what some sheriffs are saying. They're saying that now in a statement released yesterday, the sheriff's office recommended that people should exercise safe practices, including wearing masks, but said it would be inappropriate to criminally enforce the governor's order or targeting people or businesses for failing to do so. Due to the minor nature of the offense, the potential for negative outcomes during enforcement encounters and anticipating the various ways in which the order may be violated, it would be inappropriate for deputies to criminally enforce the governor's mandate. I think that sheriff is absolutely on target, don't you? I agree. Yeah. Instead, deputies will be operating in an educational capacity. <laughs> I love that. Throwing their own PC language right back at them. Uh, an enforcement uh-huh. stance that the office has maintained for months with regard to social distancing protocols, even as various health orders locally and statewide have come down in an effort to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, enough with this nonsense already, right? Look, I'm not saying it's not a real virus, right? We've never said that. But what they're doing, everybody knows when a virus is introduced into a population, the more it works through a population, the weaker it becomes, right? This is what we've been talking about how all the mutation strains and all that stuff, 30, 40 mutations just in the United States alone, right? So Mm -hmm. as this continues to work its way through the population, it becomes weaker. So at this point, at this point, we're not looking at an issue with a virus anymore. The viruses that are the, <laughs> the viruses are the people that are pushing the virus. That's the virus. The issue with this now isn't about a virus. It's about fear. Now, why are they using fear? They're using fear because fear is a more dangerous weapon than any virus can be. So if they can keep people scared, hesitant, upset, double thinking, this and that, keeping you off track, well, then it allows them to continue the manipulation and the control. So their their response is, is to this is, well, let's push back to the COVID because then they can say, oh, well, we are seeing rising cases. We're going to have to take this measure because it's just another step of control. They're, notice they're not saying anything about lockdowns anymore. They're not going to do that because that would shut down the mobs in the streets. See, they couldn't do that. So now they have to come back with this other thing. So they've got to keep the people up in the streets. If they were to come back with another lockdown, first of all, not only are people not going to put up with it, but they're not going to be able to continue to support areas like Seattle, what's going on up there. They'll have to shut all that down. Because if that's the case, then they have to have a unified front if people are going to take them seriously. If not, then they will be ignored and the whole thing will fall apart. So now they're coming back with masks. So again, it's not about a virus. It's about fear. It's about subjugation. It's about manipulation. All of it. That's all it's about. And it's about ratcheting down on certain parts of society to where you just get fed up with things and you just give up altogether. That's what it's all about. So anyway, yeah, good on that sheriff. Uh, That's honestly, I think you should have sheriffs all across the country that just tell these idiots to just get lost. So let's go to Tulsa. How'd the rally go, Bruce? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is the rally officially? I don't think it's happened yet, has it? 
I thought it was yesterday. Or no, it's today. I'm sorry. I keep thinking no, today's today. Sunday. Yeah. I keep thinking today's Sunday. Okay. It's today. So, yeah. you know, if you look at if you look at, at these people that and I'm looking at some photos and things that, you know, you got the press out there. They're taking photos of everybody. I'm looking at all the people that are on the Trump side. And I mean, they are like they're, they're clean cut. They are well kept. They, they're picking up their trash and the streets are clean and everything's just I mean, nobody's arguing with each other. They're all standing around having a good time. And then you've got the uh, the sad sacks that are all masked up coming in there, <laughs> and um, they're uh, they're causing all kinds of problems. But they're calling them protesters, right? I saw a video today of people that were waiting in line. They were just sitting on the sidewalks underneath some tents they had set up with their chairs, and they had little tables, and you know had some snack foods out and some drinks and stuff like that. Because apparently it's hot down there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And this guy comes up just out of nowhere. Masked up, you know, it had his face covered and everything. And see, need the face coverings. He comes up out of nowhere, walks up to a couple of people and just starts wailing on them. I mean, just throwing haymakers at him while they're just sitting there in the chair having a good time. And then he runs off like a coward. This is what's happening. Last time Obama had a rally somewhere, I don't recall people going out there beating up his supporters. Do you? I don't remember that. No, I don't remember that either. I don't remember that. I don't because, you know, if you would have seen that, it would have been everywhere. I do remember people being out there handing out American flags and they got beat up by union thugs. I remember that. Correction real quick. Uh Um, It's currently like 83 in Tulsa and Uh a 57 percent humidity. So it's not hot, hot, but it's. Mm -hmm. eh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are your thoughts on the rally? How how do you think it's going to go down there? Do you think it's uh, you think it's going to get bad because you've got National Guard down there? So I don't anticipate mm-hmm. any problems, except for the few that they've already hauled out of there in handcuffs. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a just a normal rally. I, I really don't. It's going to be the first one that he's done this year. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't really see it going bad or poorly unless they've bust in a whole bunch of protesters that are going to go in and riot and destroy things. Yeah, I don't know. The curfew. So there was a curfew put in place. I believe it's at 9 or 10 mm-hmm. p.m., somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And basically, that is a great way for for you to identify who the rioters are, who the, who the troublemakers are. Because if you're truly a protester, then you'll be off the street by whatever the time the curfew is, right? You'll follow the laws if you're a protester. Oh, yes, yes, if because they follow the so well. Yeah, they follow no, no, no. so well. If you're legitimately a protester, if you're a peaceful protester, right, the actual definition of the word, okay, you'll be off the street by the time the curfew is enacted. But if you're a rioter, you will not be. You'll violate that. So the police know exactly who to target and arrest. So, I mean, yeah, and they, they will be arrested here, um, is my understanding. They're, they're, are you saying that they're not going to go you guys, easy on them? You, are you saying that you guys actually arrest people in Oklahoma? How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. How dare you do that? Yeah, we're not we're not as, <laughs> we're not fans of crime here. Yeah, I can't imagine you would be. No, uh, protesters clash with Trump fans in Oklahoma as thousands await president's first rally since the virus. But few are wearing masks. Oh, no, no. Oh, we can't have that. You know, Joe Biden had a rally just the other day. You didn't hear anything about that, did you? Mm-mm. Do you know why? Do you know why you didn't hear anything about it? Because he had about three people show up. That was it. They can't even get a handful of people. Yeah, You can't even get a handful of people at a rally for your own candidate. They don't stand a chance. Everything that they're doing in the streets has made them look 
terrible. They don't have a chance. And they know it. They know it. Let them do whatever they're going to do. I mean, it doesn't matter what's going to happen because regardless, they're always going to be out there screaming in the streets like children. It's always going to happen. The thing that the media needs to come to grips with is that what they're supporting, like they're at the they're at the point now where they're just they're openly falling apart. Right. Have you noticed that they're they're just like openly falling apart. They're throwing stuff out there now. That's just it's ridiculous when you've got a panel of experts that you bring in on CNN and it's the cast of Sesame Street. You're done like (laughs) you are done. Who in the world is going to take you seriously except for a bunch of brain dead people? It's ridiculous. You know, just just get on and do whatever it is you're going to do. So, I mean, this is the point. They're so self-destructive right now that people are just laughing them out of the way, right? That That's where they're at, which in turn, this is the problem. It makes them very dangerous in the midst of that too. Well, look at, there, there's two people in history that the media and the people laughed at said, all oh, that'll never happen, right? Because they, and I'm bringing these two out because the media likes to point to these two people, Trump and Hitler. They both were laughed at and said they won't make it. They won't, Yeah, you know, it's well, they were joke candidates. Yes. Well, the, the thing was, is with the uh, with the election of of that party in Germany at the time, see, there there were a, f- a few things that were involved there. It wasn't that they were popular. They weren't. They were not popular. That National Socialist German Workers Party. They were the Nazi mm-hmm. movement. It was not popular at the time. What brought them to power was it, it was several things. They marched around in the streets with a simple message. And the simple message to them was Germany, wake up. You know, in in German, it was you could see the signs in like the uh, in the photos and things you in the videos that you go back and you watch. uh, And it says Deutschland erwacht, meaning Germany, wake up. And they were just going around touting this message, saying the Weimar Republic is leading them into ruin and this can't last and this can't last. But they needed an event. They needed something big to get people to understand what was happening. So what happened? Crash of 29. U.S. stock market crashed, came over to this side of the pond. You had the Germans at the time living high on American loans. Well, when the stock market crashed, what happened? Those loans that the Germans were living on were recalled by the U.S. banks. The lenders wanted the money. So they couldn't pay. The Germans couldn't pay. They were still trying to get out of the ridiculous war reparations from the First World War that they couldn't afford. But they were in the process of trying to build their economy back up, but they were living on the loans, buying their time, trying to build themselves back up. But when the market crashed, no more money to be had. So the businesses couldn't survive. They had to close. What happened? Bread lines, overnight, hyperinflation of the money, which is what you're going to see in the in the U.S. very soon if they keep this money printing up. This nonsense has got to stop, and it's got to stop now. Now. Uh, that, that dollar can't survive much more of this, but side issue. So that market crashed, bread lines, hyperinflation, Nazi party comes to power because then all of a sudden they're vindicated on everything they're talking about. If you've got all these political parties talking about the same thing, and then you've got one party out there that's offering you a solution to the problem that you're facing and you just want it to stop, well then... You take that option, don't you? If you're hungry, you will listen to the only voice that's saying that they will feed you. This is the danger of economic collapse in countries. That's why I'm saying that this has got to stop, because it will get to a point where, yes, people are supporting Trump now. But when Trump is the one that continues to allow all this stuff to go on, he's going to lose credibility and that movement will channel their anger somewhere else. And I'm not talking about 
an extremist group on the left. I'm talking about an extremist group on the right. They will go after someone who's offering change. Someone is going to arise over there, and I don't know who it is. I don't know what form it's going to take. I don't know if it's going to be a male, a female, or or what. But if this keeps up, if this economic nonsense keeps up, then you're going to see a wholesale rejection of all common sense of any kind in politics. And you'll see people go to an extremist route because think about this. What are we not seeing in the United States? I'm making comparisons here to the Weimar Republic in Germany because it's an important historical comparison to make. You have the similar conditions that are happening. Businesses being burned out. Money's being destroyed. Rise of the far left organizations. You had the Antifa movement in Germany. Guess what? That's where it came from. That's the same time that it was born. So we're seeing the same thing happen again. Only this time, you don't have someone on the far right Believe me, if there was somebody on the far right, I'd be calling them out. I'd be shouting them down just as much. Believe me, I would be. But you don't have a far right organization in the United States. You have a far left organization and they're looking for a fight from somebody on the far right because everything about them on the far left is about the struggle. Everything with Marxism is about the struggle. You have to read Marx to understand it. But in simple terms, as I can sit here and do it, it's about the struggle. It's about the dialectic of how Marx puts it in his writings. You have a thesis and an antithesis, two opposing points of view. And the idea is that they go back and forth until eventually you get to a solution, which becomes the truth, and it moves on. And the process repeats over and over and over again. So everything in Marxism results in a struggle, everything. So they need the struggle against another group and they don't have it. You're looking for a far right group in the United States and you don't have one. So the media and the politicians that are on the far left are jumping on board, especially and well, you can argue the corporation, the corporations will go either way. They, they don't care. But the media and the far left politicians are branding the Trump movement as the far right, when in fact it's not. It's not. It's traditional American, but it's not far right. What you'll have is someone on the far right that will rise eventually if it's not stopped, if it's not stopped. Because if you see an inaction of someone in the middle or someone in traditional uh, type line like this, like Trump and his movement, uh, if you see an action there long enough, then people will get upset, especially if they're standing in food lines. If they're standing in bread lines and they have to have, I don't know, let's just say a wheelbarrow full of money to go buy a loaf of bread, People are not going to support a candidate that's going to do nothing. So they'll go for that other candidate, whoever that might be. But people are getting a taste of what the far left Antifa movement is, and they don't like it. Even the people that are getting into that movement now are seeing it for what it really is and thinking, wait a minute, this isn't what we want. And now they're they're moving away from it. But what you'll see is a far right movement come out of this. And you will see that struggle. But the conditions aren't right yet. They're trying to create those conditions, as you can see. Right. They, they want the economy to, to be ratcheted down. This is another reason they want restrictions and all that stuff, because they want the markets to come down. So you notice that it's not happening quite like it should. It's there, but it's in an abstract form. So you have to kind of piece it together to, to what it is based on the his, historical context. If you know the historical context behind these movements, these extremist movements, then you can predict and see which way they're going to go with it now. This is why it's important to know history, and this is precisely why they want to destroy it. So you don't see this kind of thing coming. Uh, your thoughts? Sorry, I ranted there. I mean, my thoughts are what kind of started it, so started your rant, because I brought up Hitler. It's terrible what happened, right? That, that's inexcusable. It's terrible what sure. happened. But 
it's so important to understand that movement, to, to understand the historical time and the context of what happened, what caused that to happen. A lot of people don't think about that. And a lot of people, technically, a lot of people, well, in a, re- in a real sense, a lot of people don't know it. I didn't really know it until I actually came here. And I, and I started to learn on my own. And I thought, wait a minute, we were taught in my upbringing in, in schooling, history classes and things like that. We were taught who, what, where, and why. But we weren't taught the most important thing. The most important thing of all when it comes to that particular time in Europe, when you had fascist Italy, you had Nazi Germany, you had the Soviet Union, these totalitarian regimes, the most important thing out of all of those movements, whatever they might be, whenever you have a totalitarian movement form, what's the one thing we don't learn? We don't learn how that happened. How is the most important thing of all? You've got to know how that happened in the first place. So you don't make the same mistake again. It's imperative that people know that. And it's a crime mm-hmm. that we're not taught that. Now, I'm not saying that that all countries are like that. I'm saying that where I was brought up in my education in my country, I wasn't taught that. Bruce, I'm sure you weren't taught that either, were you? The how? No, no. We had to learn that on our own. And so it's imperative that we preserve these things and we understand these things. And you know what? The most important thing you can do now If you can hear the sound of my voice, the most important thing you can do right now, and I don't care what country you're from, if you're a free person, if you if you believe in democratic rule of for and by the people, if you want to stop these extremists in their tracks, which is what they deserve, then you need to vote. You've got to vote. Staying home is not going to do it because they're going to have those people out there at the polls every time. As sure as I'm sitting here, you need to vote. You vote. You stop these people dead in their tracks as long as we can keep that form of democratic rule. So go ahead. I cut you off again. I'm sorry. I was just going to mention that the whole economic status and everything with the way they're using COVID-19, the way they're using the riots, I believe it was 15, at least 1,500 businesses in Minneapolis alone, I believe it was. That's how many businesses were damaged or destroyed by the riots. This is doing a number on our economy, right? And the the whole talking about the collapse of of Germany and what what really spurred Hitler coming to power and everything, the Nazis coming to power, we're teetering on the edge of another economic collapse, and it's being done by the government right now and, and enforced, you know, both on the local level and on the federal level. And I I, I don't know that people realize the kind of damage that's being done right now and and what's possibly on the horizon. No, they don't. And like I said, we're based on what I've seen in history. And like I said, I was making the comparisons to to Weimar Germany. We were talking about, you know, the stuff and I got off onto my historical rant. You know, you should know you should know better, Bruce. Don't lead me down those paths because when you start talking about history, man, I will go and go and go and go. Uh-huh. Bless the listener for sitting there listening to me rant. But it's important to understand, as you said, like they're destroying the money. They are destroying the money yeah. as we speak. You will see hyperinflation in the United States. You will see it. Donald Trump warned 15 years ago. I remember him saying 15 years ago that there was hyperinflation on the way. I remember him saying that 15 years ago. I didn't think he would be the one that would oversee it. (laughs) But I remember him saying 15 years ago that there was hyperinflation on the way because money printing was out of control back then. Do you understand how hyperinflation works? Do people not understand this? Do do you get how this is going to go? Okay, let, let me put this into perspective. When central banks hyperinflate, they add zeros. Okay, so Bruce, what's a gallon of gasoline where you are? Uh, I believe it's around 1.30. 1.30. Okay, tomorrow, guess what? It's 10.30. How's that going to go? Yeah, you see my point? Yeah, you see my point? What's Uh a gallon of milk? 
325 it looks like 325 okay guess what tomorrow For morning a, a gallon of milk yeah. okay three, 325 you said yep okay guess what tomorrow morning that milk is 30 dollars and 25 cents how's that gonna go yeah and what we're not even we're not even looking at by having that increase. There's also the increases of businesses that are going to uh, add increases uh-huh. to it because it's going to be more expensive for them. So you're going to have this double, you know, yeah, it's going to double down on top of each other. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hyperinflation. Hyperinflation is on the way. And you think, well, you know, what what can you do about it? Buy gold and silver. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll, that's all I can tell you. Buy gold and silver. Uh, silver's low enough right now where you can get into it. Gold is still within reach. But if you've got CNBC consultants, you've got Goldman Sachs, you've got uh, other hedge fund investors coming out saying buy gold because gold's going to be between 3000 and 3500 an ounce by next year, uh, you should buy now. So if you can get it at half that or less, take it, take it. Buy gold and silver. That's all I can say. Which the death clock. Okay, yeah, we were talking Tulsa, right? That, let's talk the mm-hmm. death clock. What is the death clock? Trump had a truck rolling through there to his rally with a death clock. What's his death clock? Because I didn't read it. This isn't okay. So this isn't part of the Trump campaign. This is counter to the. So this is an ad put out against the Trump campaign. And the idea is how many people have died so far under his watch. I believe is what it is. Okay, so, so how many CNN have rolled actually the, died from Corona. Okay, so CNN rolled the truck in. Is that what you're saying? I mean, yeah, it could easily be CNN. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't, it I don't CNN. know which group it is. Okay, so what's what's the count on the death clock then? So basically, this is this is from their website. It says experts estimate that. Had mitigation measures been implemented one week earlier, 60% of American COVID-19 deaths would have been avoided. That's basically what the death clock was. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. So what you're saying is that is that uh, Dr. Fauci, with his initial statement at the end of January, was mm-hmm. incorrect? Not only was it incorrect, but it was also, shall we point out... Pelosi and some of the other Democrats were saying this is a racist move to shut down immigration. It's a we can't do all these things that he was saying we should do, like cutting flights and those kind of things. That was a racist Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying that if he would have done those things a week earlier, it would have. See, they're they're trying to have it both ways. I'll tell you what. Let's let's listen one way or the other. Let's listen to them. I, I've got the I still have those those uh, those reps. I've got the senators from New York. I've got Fauci. I've got Pelosi. Shall we play it? <laughs> Go for it. Obviously, you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. All right. That was Fauci on January 21st. Okay, so the travel ban came 10 days after that, right? It was January 31st. Is that the travel ban date? I'm I'm pretty sure. Right. Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. so um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, March 30th. March 30th is when is when they shut the travel down. March 30th. So it was it was a month after that. So a few weeks after that, they shut down the travel. March 30th. Same day. Same day the travel ban happened. Same day, right? Here's Speaker Pelosi in her district on the same day that the travel ban went in. It's exciting to be here, especially at this time, uh, to be able to be unified with our community. Uh, we want to be vigilant about what it might be on the, uh, what is out there in other places. We want to be careful about how we deal with it. But we do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. 
I'm here, we feel safe and sound, so many of us coming here, is not only say it's safe, but to say thank you for being Chinatown. That was the best thing that you could do. Not just, it's safe, it's wonderful. Uh, we welcome everybody. Come, keep coming. Okay. So Nancy Pelosi, same day the travel ban went in, March 30th. Okay. Now let's go to four days after this. Let's go to the New York City, which that was the biggest number of cases, right? That that was that was mm. pretty much the uh, the epicenter, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're saying mm-hmm. they're saying that if Trump would have locked all this stuff down prior to, everything would have been fine, right? They're, they're saying that, that's what they're saying now. That's the message. That's that's what you're making reference to here, right? Uh, more, it would be heavily reduced on the death count. Okay. Yes. All right. That's what their right. claim is. Well, they didn't seem too concerned about it at the time. Let's uh, let's go to the New York City health minister on February 2nd. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low and that our preparedness as a city is very high. There is no reason not to take the subway, not to take the bus, not to go out to your favorite restaurant and certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there. So she didn't seem too concerned about it. And she's the health minister of the city. Uh, by the way, the parade never happened. They shut the city down. And what were we seeing? We, we covered what was going on with the subway system in the midst of all that. Do you, do you remember how horrible it was? It turned into a basically mm-hmm. it was a basically it was a rolling homeless shelter in the city. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. The way the yeah. MTA was being treated. They think that people are so forgetful and that we don't remember this stuff and we don't see these people for who they are, the lying frauds that they are. So Senator John Liu, same day across town, giving a speech. Let's hear what he had to say. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hardy people. As an Asian American, I've been somewhat disturbed, if not outright appalled, at some of the comments or gestures that I have seen. Diseases originate from anywhere or from particular places in the world. He didn't have too much to be concerned about, I don't think. He was more concerned about the identity politics side of it as opposed to people's safety and public health, don't you think? Yeah. Last clip, Senator Brian Kavanaugh, same day, again, across town, on the other side of town. It's very important uh, that we recognize that this holiday and this festival is of tremendous uh, significance for many communities in our state. And uh, it is very important that we ensure that uh, we don't have misinformation. And many in the media have been covering uh, this issue uh, as if it's, you know, a terrible plague that uh, people have to avoid. I I really don't have any words to say about that last one from uh, from Senator Kavanaugh. That's that's just wow. Okay, so he certainly doesn't care about public health. He didn't seem to be too concerned to have everything shut down. He was wanting festivities to continue because of the importance of it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's just where we're at with these people. You know, you're, you're, you're making references. I'm sorry, I had to, I had to play those the, that compilation of clips mm-hmm. of those people because you're saying that, and I guarantee you these are the same people that are out now saying that, well, if we would have just done this earlier, well, oh, yeah. um, clearly your spokespeople had nothing to say about it at the time. You were more concerned about the identity politics side of it than you were about public health. It's a political game to them. It's not about reality. It's not about keeping you safe. These people don't care about your safety. They don't care about my safety or anybody else's. They care about getting reelected. That's it. That's all they care about. They care about making a statement, sounding good, wearing the tie, whatever pin on their lapel, making an appearance in front of a camera. 
and going about their their lives. That's all they care about. And they care about keeping you misinformed and stupid. That's their agenda. Now, that's not to say that every person that holds public office is bad. That's not to say that at all, because we do have good people in government. But unfortunately, they're being snubbed out by people like that. Example, Representative Thomas Massey, the only guy, the only rep. What does this say? The only rep in the House of Representatives that stood up and said, no, we're not going to rule on this without taking a vote. Wasn't that his principle? I'm asking. Oh, yes. Sorry. I thought that was rhetorical. Uh, no, no, <laughs> that wasn't rhetorical. I caught you laughing there for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why, because I, I thought it was a rhetorical one. Sorry. Well, yeah, but no, it's OK. But guys like him, guys like uh, Senator Rand Paul, I mean, th- these guys come out, they talk and I'm, they're not the only ones. Senator Tom Cotton, these guys come out, they talk, they they talk sense. They have common sense. They're reasonable people. They make valid points and they speak genuinely. These other people don't do that. They come out, they feed you some line of bull and then they go stand in front of a camera and have dinner somewhere. That's what they do. And they laugh all the way to the bank when they're taking your check for political campaign contributions. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I guess I'll get off my soapbox for the afternoon. <laughs> you know, I was I went into this today, Bruce, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to calm down today. I'm just going to calm down. But that last one right there, that one just burned me up when you said that now mm-hmm. they're talking about, well, if they would have just done this, then they're rolling in death clock trucks. And I thought, you know what? We're going to go back and we're going to play those clips of those idiots from the first week of uh of February and and from the end of March there and, and all the way back in January. So hypocrites, man, they're hypocrites. Every last one of them. I will go ahead and plug our social media again. Uh, if you haven't, please do give us a follow over on the platform of Parler. There is a big campaign on now that's being promoted. As a matter of fact, uh, the Twexit campaign is actually trending on Twitter and they're trying to get people off of that platform and moved over to a free speech side of things because that's what Parler is. Uh, as long as you're not a hate group, you're allowed to uh, pretty much say and do whatever you want. So we've had a lot of people move over in the last, a lot of prominent people move over in the last couple of days that I've seen over there. And I thought, wow, you know, we've even had some prominent UK people move over there. And so any of you listening in the United Kingdom, please do check us out on Parlor. You can follow me over there. I'm at Anderson 3 You can also follow Marty at Marty Foster. We would really appreciate all your feedback, all your comments. You can parlay to us, ask us questions, whatever you like. Comment on any of our posts. We're happy to have the dialogue. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 